So one of my earliest memories is um, wearing lace fold-down socks, voile dresses and little patent leather shoes every Sunday, Sunday best, to go to church. So I grew up um, in church, um, Baptist churches, churches of Christ, and it was just something that our family did every single Sunday, but it became very much part of our identity. And so, you know, I went to Sunday school, I became a Sunday school leader. I went to youth group, I became a youth group leader. Um, I got to the point where I was considered a leader um, within the church, and I was even a preacher, and I would do sermons every now and then. And I did my PhD looking at the intersection of church and health and how churches were there to serve their communities and bring health to their communities. And then I left. Tell us more. (laughs) What? Yeah, I left. Um, And so I think, so I left when I was 30. Okay. And made that decision. And it was a really interesting and hard decision. And I just submitted my PhD because there was so much I loved about the church. There's so much I loved about Christianity. I loved the whole concept of social justice and that movement to care for the poor and for um, people to really look after um, those in their communities. Um, and that when I read the Bible, there really was an equalising, everyone was equal, and I really loved that. However, the more I was part of church culture, the more I didn't feel like that reflected what I felt Christianity was about. And I felt like the church was more about, you need to do lots of things for the church. So you'd be there on Sundays all day, you'd be there on Wednesdays for like a Bible study, you'd be there on Fridays for youth group, and it was almost like, let's keep you separate from the rest of the world. Um, And you are here and your job is to bring people into this building. And also that a lot of the messaging then became about, hey, let's make everything that is uncertain and messy in your life certain and clean. And I think they were the things that I started to, as I got older, realise it's not that simple and it's not that black and white. And there is so much colour and beauty and amazingness in the messy that I don't actually know if I want to make that clean, actually. And what does that even mean? And so I left because I felt like so much of the messaging that was coming from the church was more about what we stand against as opposed to what we stand for. And I also didn't feel like the church was necessarily representing what I felt Jesus was about or what I felt um, heaven was about, which I very much understand as bringing heaven to earth as opposed to a place you go when you die. So that whole emphasis on being pure and being saved and going to heaven was just not something I resonated with. And so I left. Um, But it's been a massive deal, I think, for a lot of our friends and family because it was, you know, for the first 30 years of my life, that's where we were. And so we have a lot of friends and family who are still in church and probably are praying for our souls. Um, And I appreciate that. I do also want to make another point that when you do not follow normal norms in church, it can be really hard. So the decision for us to not have children Um, The fact that we grapple with health problems um, and, you know, being told, oh, we're praying for you. And then if you're not healed, that's on you, not on God. Um, 
and being told that if I do yoga that that's Satan worship. You know, yoga, yoga, things that are good for my body. Um, I just kind of thought I can't do that anymore. So curious about what your experiences have been around church. Is that something you've also experienced or um, are you churchgoers or has that not been something that's part of your upbringing and family discourse? Can I ask a question first of all? Because I feel like 30 is quite a, not an old age, but it's quite a like seasoned age to leave the church. Like I feel, for example, myself, I was part of a youth group quite like, not like, I, I get what you say about it really consuming your life. Like that was my social life in like year 11, year 12. And then once I got to university, I sort of stepped away. Like my family is from a country town. So the church, like the community really revolves around that. And so I've been to church like a lot growing up and I was baptized as Anglican. Like it was, it's just the done thing in the local town. But how do you, do you feel like having, do you feel like your twenties would have been different if you had left sort of at the start of adulthood earlier? Do you think yes. it's obviously it's it would have pretty radically altered the way that you brought yourself to the world? And there's things that I have to grapple with, right? So I have a lot of regret for sometimes the way I treated other people because I thought I was being a good Christian and I felt like I was very judgy. Now in retrospect, I was judgy. I have a lot of regret for life things that I said I couldn't do because it wouldn't have been accepted in the church. Um, like, for, like yoga. Like yoga, <laughs> but like also just relationship stuff, mm -hmm. um, sex stuff, yep. you know, just all of those types of things, which I felt very much constrained my experience of life. And so I have sometimes regret over experiences I never even let myself go there to. But then I, at the same token, I have to also hold all of the things that the church did give me that have been very beneficial for my life. And so I think there was a, a, an element of, I learned how to public speak. This is probably one of the big things. I learned how to do a sermon, like give a sermon and speak for 40 minutes with no notes. And that has put me in very good stead for my career. I can what? give lectures without notes, without much preparation, very confident doing that. Speaking to a hundreds bit like of you're people, doing this podcast, a bit like Dash. doing this podcast. Um, I liked um, some of the people I met through church were amazing. I met my husband through church. I would never go back and change that. Like that is just one of the most amazing parts of um, being in the church community. Is sometimes those things, but there was a lot I said no to, which I said I wish I hadn't. Do you think, like, I grew up um, in a, I went to an all-girls school, Catholic all-girls school, taught by nuns, um, and we would go to church every Sunday, and I really did not enjoy it at all. And when I got older, and I gave up religion pretty early on, my mother said, you're too educated, that's the problem, when you get too much education... Uh, you often lose your religion. Do you think, because it's just interesting that it's when you're finishing mm. your PhD that that's when you lost your religion. I find that really fascinating. I think so because I feel like when you do your PhD or when you do any type of university education, you know, one of the biggest things that they teach you is to think critically. And so you are not meant to just accept things as fact just because someone has told you that. And particularly if an institution is telling you that, right? 
And so you start to question, or I started to question, but is that true? And then if you go back, you know, go back to the source, does it match? Where in the Bible does it say this and all of the things that you're upholding? Um, And so there is a lot that I feel like the church says the Bible says, which isn't, I don't think, the correct interpretation. And, you know, I'm not going to go into a theological conversation about that. But I feel like the more educated you are or the more that you're taught the skill of critical thinking, wherever that might be, the more that I think there is the risk, that's what probably uh, churchgoers might say, of turning away from that because you start to question it. So my question to you is you're saying we, we, we. Mm. Obviously your husband left with you. That's Mm. what I'm assuming here now. How was that? Like who started that conversation? So I probably came to the decision faster um, and probably from doing my PhD and reading a lot and just being like, wow, this doesn't resonate with what I believe needs to be happening. And I can't find a church here that reflects the values that I think I would like to go to or be part of. But because, back to Amelia's point, we had grown up, like 30 is a long time to be in that community. Our friends are there, our families are there, we got married there. And there is a very high level of obligation and there is a very high level of, you know what, no one is perfect. No institution is going to be perfect. How much of this is just about us versus um, the broader practice of church? And so it did take quite a bit of conversation. And then even now, sometimes we would check in and go, do you think it was the right decision? But we've been out of it now for eight years. um, And I just feel so much better and so much freer in my faith and spirituality than I ever did within the four walls of a church building. Can I Mm. ask... Do you think he would have left if you hadn't wanted to leave first? If you had never said anything that day when you first came home and said, this is what I'm thinking, would he still be in there? I don't think so. And I can't speak for him, but there were also individual kind of decisions and I think he was doing a lot of reading and thinking for himself as well. And, you know, there's just things that you kind of reflect on in terms of the authenticity of community within those um, organisations. And church is only an example of that. But are people really your friends? Are they your friends for conversion? Are they your friends because they need something from you? And I think as you start to unpack all of that, it becomes, why am I here? And so I do think um, that would have been the, the same thing for him. He would have come to potentially the same decision. But it's very hard to untangle because so much of our decision making at the time and sense-making of such a huge life decision happened in conversation with each other. And we didn't tell people officially for a very long time. And, you know, one of the biggest things that struck us is when we left, not many people from the church chased us down to say, where did you go? Why are you not here? Can we have a conversation about that? And I just thought, for if I was to leave work, a lot of people would be like, Tell me about that. What happened? Whereas in that has not been the case. Do you think it's because it was too confronting for them that it's just like maybe they were questioning it themselves so they don't want to chat to you about it as well or? 
I don't know. I think they probably prayed for us. Okay. <laughs> but I think the authenticity piece of having those conversations again, um, very few people had that. Like the, I should say there were one or two people who did, but for the vast majority of the church leaders didn't ring us or wow. talk to us and ask us about that. So I just think it shows that um, it's almost unexpected maybe that people are leaving. It's really interesting, like, call me cynical I don't know what but it's it's fascinating because I feel it's this element of control almost as well when you have a community in a bubble like I find it fascinating for example one of my friends I was catching up with last week she was in the youth group with me and she like was very like she had uh, big boobs basically and like they would ask her to like when we went on summer camps for youth group to cover up in certain ways like she wasn't allowed to wear a swimsuit like everybody else like the other girls because that was seen as like being temptress mm. and like a lot of and a lot of my guy friends were like the idea of masturbation was really disgusting and they were really like told not to and so they would try and have like these like no fat months and it was just like almost very warping in that period of life when you're sort of coming of age as well. Like it was very controlling in so many elements. And I feel sometimes, yeah, when, when you're cut loose and when you run for it, like it, not that you're running away, but it's one of those things where they know that they don't have that structure of belief that they can use to have you adhere to certain ways. How how do you feel like all that's coming up for me at the moment is about religion used uh, in society? Like I always think if I had to go to court, I probably would say to them, I can't swear in a Bible mm. um, because that wouldn't be that wouldn't be true for me. Like I can't swear on the Bible or or if we see our politicians bringing politics and religion together, you know, how do you feel about that sort of thing? I really struggle with some of that kind of thing and it goes back to, again, also what Amelia was saying and we, um, I don't know if we want to go there, but like everything that's happening in the US around abortion, right, mm -hmm. is very much an example of religion influencing politics. Yeah. And um, the religious interpretation around abortion influencing then law and what is legal, and I just find that really uncomfortable. And so I do think we live, particularly in the Western world, in a culture where I feel like religion has enabled white men to control the narrative of what is good and normal and what we need to stand for and it drowns out the voices of so many other experiences and expressions of life that is not healthy and is not a reflection of the broader community. And also back to one of Amelia's points and also, you know, what you guys are talking about, that control, like I left the church when I was 30. I am still grappling with seeing my body as something that is good and not something that is evil. Mm. And I just mm. think my formative years saw the fact that I developed young and have curves as something that was bad as opposed to something that was beautiful. And I, I just hate that messaging that is put out to women. Question for you guys. 
some wise person, not sure who, once said that religion is the opium for the masses. If religion is dropping down within a population, do you think that there's something that's coming in to replace that for people? Technology, as mm. in Facebook, TikTok, that's what we're all worshipping nowadays. Well, can I ask you, Dash, did something else come in and fill that place for you that the church held in your life? It actually freed me to hang out with people outside of church. Like, I have time and space to hang out with people that I wouldn't have had before. Um, I think the church has... um, stolen the narrative that they're the only way to create community, to have community to belong is through the church, whereas in TikTok, social media, are ways of connection. Um, There's ways of connecting through work, there's ways of connecting through where you live, which doesn't require religion um, or institutions. And in terms of that census statistic and what is coming next, it's so interesting because I'm still friends with people who are very much part of the church Um, leadership they're freaking out they're really freaking out about what that means and what that illustrates and and what's their response to this and worrying about what does this mean for the souls of Australians but I actually think this is a good thing Um, some of the arguments that are coming out that we've become too individualistic and we only care about ourselves and we don't care about each other but I don't see that I I see people fighting for climate change I see people standing for refugees. I see our community saying, you know, all of these injustices are not okay. We didn't need the church to be able to do that. And I see us doing it. And I see the generations coming up really advocating for the betterment of our planet, for the betterment of our people without the structure and the control and the organisation of religion.